Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. A member of the industry syndicate. This is where success happens. Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Here's your host, Todd Duncan. Okay, um, so my thing is um, I've been doing this. uh, I've got an assistant, and I've watched these people go, okay, I'm going to take, I'm going to work 25 hours a week. I'm going to take all this vacation. And I keep thinking about the guilt I might have leaving my assistant back, you know, like I want to chain you to the desk and do everything that I'm not going to do. And I'm, you know, obviously you need to take care of your team, et cetera. But, um, you know, Matt's chuckling over there. Maybe he's the one to answer it. I don't know. But, but I, that's just a thought that's going through my mind. So let's answer it. Matt, you start. Great question. Should I take it? Okay. Yeah, yes, please. And, and, so, and, I, and I'll take it right behind you. If you all right. Want. So first off, do not feel bad about taking time to recharge yourself. Okay. It is so important to do that. You're going to be a better leader. You're going to be a better father, husband. It's so important. Second, allow your team to do it. Allow your team to run the show and have the reins. You've got to give them that, that ability and the, the charge to say, okay, I'm trusting you with this, go, right? And, and you have to be able to, to look at yourself and say, okay, what is my main event? What do I do? What is the one thing that's going to provide the most value for my business? The rest of my team is going to do what they do, and they're going to do it really well. And then having somebody that can come in and go, all right, you go. You have fun. Wasn't it Marty that said that his best month or best couple weeks ever where the, he closed 100% of his loan apps? He was on vacation. He wasn't even a part of it. He actually felt bad. He's like, wait a minute. So I need, I'm going to pop in on this thing. And you guys need to remove the word guilt from your vocabulary. Um, a lot of you have built your own walls between you and success because you feel guilty being successful. You don't really know what success means to you yet. And so there's a little bit of uncertainty and guilt around that. You need to remove the word shame from your vocabulary and not be um, guilty of pounding and beating yourself up and and overthinking the past. You, You need to understand at the very clearest moment possible that the people are on your team for two reasons. They're on your team because they need a job, and they're on their team because they believe in your vision. And if people are employed by you and you're allowing your revenue to give them fulfillment vocationally, there should be no guilt around that whatsoever. And, and, and you know, it was amazing. I was, I was talking with Wally yesterday, and uh, his production partner this year will make $225,000. And, and while he has no guilt going to Ireland and playing eight days of golf, because he knows that the people on his team are there and they're winning, whether he's there or not. And I think that's the, the mindset, Hans, that I, I need us all to get to. I mean, your team is on your team because they want to be on your team. And it's not about you being there or not being there. It's about you from wherever you are helping them win. And if you do that, you're safe. Can I, okay? can I chime one in, Todd, on that? Real quick. Real quick. I would write this down. Um, we don't delegate, we collaborate. So one thing I've learned to do is I, I just get rid of that word delegate because it, it, it's it kind of, right, it feels like you're here and anybody else is here. You collaborate. You do what you are uniquely gifted to do. 
right? Go out and make it rain, go out and get business, and then they do what they're gifted to do. Yes. That's partnership, that's collaboration within a team, so there should never be guilt. You know, you bring up a, another interesting point. Um, I think we, ha we have a little bit of flex time here. The, the other point is, and Hans, this, this might help out as well. The other point is um, you don't want people, even though they are, to feel that all they're doing is being an assistant. Mm. Okay, and, and I think that we, we, we want to get to a point where um, our team understands that they are a cog in the otherwise series of cogs that go around and without them, the machine would stop or without them, it would go slower or without them, it might go backwards. And everybody plays this forward kind of gearful position to producing, uh, uh, like Crystal talked about yesterday, this white glove outcome, right? And so, so instead of showing up thinking, I'm an assistant or a bench player or a teammate. I'm an integral part. I mean, without me, this thing doesn't work. You know, and, and there's no pride there. There's just, I, I have a purposeful reason to being on Hans, your team. I mean, it's, it's, that, that's, it's that simple. When I had my surgery four years ago, I, I think there were six doctors and 11 assistants in the room. And, and I guarantee you, every one of those persons knew the role they played how they played it, when they had to play it, when they had to be live, what they had to watch, and everybody realized that we're all part of this surgery going well. And that's really the essential piece of it. Everybody needs to feel like they're a vital part of the team. And then, and then there's no guilt. Yeah. Scott? Hey, so I'm a producing uh, sales manager, and a huge reason, or part of the reason why I'm here is to serve those people to bring back this knowledge and, and share it with them and it sounds like a super simple question but I wonder if anybody has any tips for how to really effectively do that with a bunch of people that aren't physically in my office I know that sounds weird like how far away are they they're all I mean they're local in, in and around town but so did you hear what Chris Hallow said today sure. the president of his company drove to him yeah. And sat down and met with him. And uh, I, I don't personally believe there's any um, better way to grow people than to meet with them and connect. Yeah. So, I, I mean, Scott, I don't know how far all of them are away, but, you know, uh, the, the idea of sitting down and it'd be very interesting. Any of you in the room that are managers and you're leading people, do you know their two to three year vision? Do you know the top three things important to them in their life? Do you know why they come to work every day and what inspires them that you can use as a catalyst for influence and impact? Do you know their greatest fears that you can assuage and get involved in and, 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 and create confidence around? Um, you cannot have high performance with anybody on your team if you don't know what is important to them in their life. And I think the interesting thing about loyalty, and, and this applies to everybody in the room, loyalty is always gonna be a two-way street, okay? Um, I give, you reciprocate. I give you loyalty, you give me loyalty. I help you grow, you're more loyal. I don't help you grow, 
you will by default become less loyal and look for options where you could grow. So this loyalty thing is going to be about what we refer to as the value interchange. And a value interchange is the single ingredient that defines a connected relationship. And as a leader, if I'm giving you more value than you ever thought imaginably possible, you have no desire or need to look elsewhere. Okay, and, and if I do that, then you will be a loyal part of this team. And all of you need to understand that turnover kills productivity and momentum. So we want to have people on our team. We want to have agents that are partners. We want to have those people that love the idea of the mutuality, the collaborative nature of loyalty, and that will stay with us forever. And that, to me, is whether you're 6 or 66 or 600, there's nothing more valuable than connecting with your people and your team and knowing what is important to them. Deb didn't mention this, but um, you know everybody in our company <clears throat> has a dream board. And it's so cool when we walk around the office and we stop and have chats and we can look at their dream board and figure out how things are going. We can talk about the, thing that, the things that matter most. And it's just awesome. Everybody's looking at their dreams every day. Yeah. It gives us a methodology to talk and connect. And how's, how's it going there? And how's it going there? And you know, to the extent that people have dreams, you can become the dream partner, you know, and, and really get behind them and blow some wind under their wings. But if you have no idea what's important to them, you have no idea what they want to do, and you have no idea what their vision is, there's no, you have no idea how to lead. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's the, I mean, that's the two cents there, I The think. only thing I would add is that I know that there are a lot of people in this room that have people that are working off-site, you know, processors, support team, and that type of thing. And what Todd just said is, is what you should be doing. That's the very first step, is going Which out, is meeting with them, getting face-to-face -face with them. A high-trust interview. A high-trust interview. What a concept. <laughs> All right, two more questions. So, Scott, go ahead, RJ. I'd just like to add to the conversation on the question that Hans had, and that is that you, know, you talk about Wally going 18 days or whatever playing golf. All that's great. However, remember that these are not indentured servants, right? your loan officer assistants, your ops team. Yeah. So what you're talking about, I think it could, I just don't want it to fly over anyone's head that when you're doing a high trust interview, it's not just with your loan officers. Yes. Guess what? Your LOAs, your processors, they all have dreams and aspirations and everything else. So as you're making plans, Hans, for your vacation to get away, you have to have a system by which you do the same for them. So as an example, if you have an LOA who's got kids, they're going to go on fall break and they're going to go away. Maybe theirs is not to Ireland. Maybe it's just four days to SeaWorld, but it's a big deal to them. And so you need to have systems in place. The same thing you do when you get ready to leave, you need to do it for them so that because they don't deserve to be bothered at SeaWorld either. Right. So there's a process. Who's taking the calls? Who's checking the email? Where are the phones forwarded? What does the out of office look like? What do the voicemails look like? Let's do a pipeline review before you leave. Who's going to cover your desk? You share it with the LOAs uh, that are remaining in the office so that they too can have a life. And I think if you do that, I've had zero turnover transition from, from one company to another, zero turnover in ops and LOAs for a decade. 
and it's because I honor their life just like they honor mine when I'm ready to go, and we just gear up for it so they can receive no panic phone call from you about whatever, and don't drag them back mentally into the mortgage space while they're on vacation either. So come up here for just a sec, right, right here. So RJ is one of our elite guys, and it's been very, very fun to pour into him. And, and you had a scenario where you brought your key team mates to an elite session. Yeah. Tell everybody the two biggest lessons you've learned on team building. I mean, this is just spontaneous. Two biggest lessons you've learned on team building. One is before we hire anyone, we, um, we kind of call it, it's kind of like the show Survivor. So we don't let anyone onto our island unless all the current inhabitants of the island approve of that person coming into our island. We feel like we have something very special. So they've got an interview with everyone. We do a little committee meeting at the end. And so everyone's bought in ahead of time. And that's, you know, just simple stuff, right? If you get someone's buy-in, then they're going to support the decision. So that would be one thing. Um, doing culture, you know, stuff, team activities, honoring their time off. Like, if you do this idea of a high-trust interview with your ops team, you might learn that it would be amazing if on Tuesday and Thursday your LOA can leave at 3.30 to go watch their child's baseball game. Like, that would be insane. And so work it out. Have them come in early, do whatever, work it out, and be flexible, and just, just honor everyone's life like you want them to honor your amazing vacation. Guess what? They want one too. Yeah. Um, and just make sure you've got everyone in the right seat on the bus, have job descriptions. That way when someone leaves um, on vacation, you can run down and what everyone's supposed to do. Just treat it like a business. Yeah. Awesome, dude. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So for the managers in awesome. the room, yes, thank you. Big that up, was amazing. Thank you, RJ. Okay. Yep. Woo. Two are words are never spoken, so thank you. You know, for the managers in the room, when you're uh, recruiting and interviewing, you should be doing the high-trust interview. Um, we well, had... Uh, you must. We well, must. You must. You must. You must. You I must. wish I had and should to must. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, Chris Hallows did with his, with his last recruit, and she came to High Trust Sales Academy as part of his onboarding. He sends his new recruits to HTSA. And um, she was sitting in the room with Todd, and she came over to me halfway through, and she said, Hope, Chris did the high trust interview on me when he was when he was interviewing me, and I said, "Yeah, that sounds like Chris." <laughs> you know, so absolutely. There's a person in this room that I talked to and will continue to talk to about joining us. And one of the first conversations we had was <clears throat> the question that that was asked was, "So, so what's important about this job to you, and what are you looking for in the person you hire?" It was so. So, by the way, on that, anybody that has anybody in their team. You should schedule November and December high trust interviews with everybody that is currently employed so that you can make sure you lead them into 2020 and beyond. Not only is recruiting important, re-recruiting and retention Absolutely. can be even more important. So that's a great idea that yeah. RJ brings up, that you bring up, that you bring up, obviously. So high trust interviewing. Where's the mic? Who's got the mic? Okay. Last question. Everyone. Uh, Thomas Jr. Yeah. How are you doing, Todd? Good, man. Good. By the way, you did a great job last year on uh, the same you. day in the same moment. Yeah, it's thank great you to have so you and your dad on stage. It was a it was a blessing to have not only time with him on stage, but to be on stage with you guys as well. So thank you again. But really quick, how do you deal with someone on your team that doesn't hit that goal, or maybe not deal with them, but work with them? Kind of if they don't make that target, 
um, I've been dealing with you know, an assistant that been trying to get her license. It took like three years to get there. Worked with her, tried to make it work, but we finally got the license, but it could have been cut down so much sooner. So how do you, ex how do you make that goal stick and what do you do when they don't hit it? So, go ahead. I, I was just gonna give you a one-liner. If you wanna get paid all of the compensation, you need to do all of the job. They didn't, they didn't get the license, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, do you understand what just got said? No. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not going to pay you 100% of your comp plan if you're not doing 100% of the work. And we can have that discussion, but let's zoom out for just a sec. Sure. Um, expectation management is the most important leadership quality beyond trust. Okay? Um, respect is the second most important quality behind that. And when you let people not hit goal, and there's not a reason why they don't hit goal, you say it's okay not to hit goal. Got it. And so what ends up happening is you create a culture where it's okay to miss. And it's okay to make mistakes, but it's also not okay to not learn from this mistake and hit the goal. And so there's a balancing act here of, of what we do. And I've said, and some of you have heard this maybe 100 times, the most ex expensive time in the life of a leader is a time between when he or she gives up on somebody and the time he or she does something about it. That person's still employed, but intellectually you may have given up. Why has it taken three years to do what could have happened in three months or, or six months? And so it is on you. It is on you to be a leader. And it is on you to have consequences and rewards. You know, and, and I've said all the time, man, you, you take us beyond goal, I'm going to overcomp you. Yeah. Okay, you don't take us to goal, there's not going to be incentive or reward. And somewhere in there is the balancing act. And that's, that's what leadership is. Leadership is is lovingly holding people accountable. And the reason why you hear this high trust interview so much is that person who took three years, if I really, really deeply knew what was important to him or her and knew that it was a lifestyle game changer for them, I could have used that in my influence as a leader and gotten this done a lot sooner. The final comment on this is that if you lead teams and you don't do this, the team sees you not leading the right way and the team loses respect for you, which means all the things we've tried to remove in the last half hour about teamwork and team leadership go bye-bye. So is that, does that help? Yeah, it does. Yeah, you, you get what you expect, you get what you allow. If you don't want the results you're getting, the longer you allow it, the more of it you will get. So it takes, it takes fortitude, it takes purposefulness, it takes intentionalness, and it takes courage to be a leader. And if you don't do that, then people do whatever they want to do, and they'll do it when they want to do it. So thank you. All right, Appreciate good. Uh, good, awesome. We are good to go. We are good Any to go. Any final comments? Any final uh, thoughts from? Thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. Go. So yesterday, I was out with one of my uh, high trust coaching members, and we focused around the idea of how do you become this extra version of yourself, whether it's life or income or whatever it happens to be, this is what stuck. 
we need to be who we dream we're going to become before we can become who we dream to be. We have to be that person. We've got to allow ourselves to live the life, be the person that we dream ourselves to be, and we can choose it today. Yep, 30 seconds. Uh, I got a couple. Do it, ditch it, or delegate it. Do it, ditch it, delegate it. One of the three. Um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's a Toddism. It's so, it's so you, Teresa. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other part is if you don't start, you'll never finish. You can have the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. Are you going to regret what you didn't do in the next 12 months next time we see you? Or you'll celebrate what you did do. That's right. But if you don't do what you know you need to do, the pain is going to be larger than it is today. Mm -hmm. Pain never gets easier. Pain always gets worse. Untreated pain will get worse. Treated pain will get better. Trevor? Uh, I'm going to go really tactical. Uh, there's a, we live by a saying of problems are 94% system-based and only 6% people-based. So always look to the system first. So if somebody is not achieving a goal or you're not achieving your goal, where could, do you need to tweak your systems? It's, it's rarely a person problem. So if somebody doesn't pass a test on time, how can you improve the systems, the frequency of check-ins, milestones along the way to coach them to finish that task on time? Always look to the systems. It's our number one rule in our office. It's what I coach all loan officers on. It's, it's, it's a system to scale up. It's about systems. <clears throat> Um, I think the last thing I just want to say is that I love the conversation around team and I think the most important thing is empowerment. It's what RJ spoke to, it's what Todd spoke to, and that is empowering your team to fulfill their best version of themselves.